This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you know that... It's a pretty rare occurrence that we'll actually have a guest on the program. And that's because, as we said, this is the show about your calls. However, that being said, however, there is the occasional individual who is worthy. They've done something phenomenal. They are uh, such an interesting person that we have to have them on the show. And our guest tonight is uh, certainly one of those people. Her name is Dr. Mary Ruart. And she is uh, one of my personal libertarian heroes. Mary, are you with us? I am. Thank you. Welcome to Free Talk Live. You're on with Ian and Mark. And uh, inevitably, hopefully, we'll have some people call in with questions for you. But, Dr. Ruart, uh, not only are you one of my libertarian heroes, but by coincidence, you also happen to, be, happen to be running for president, or actually running, I guess, for the libertarian presidential nomination this year. Is that correct? That is correct. So... Uh, what's your libertarian history before we get into what's going on currently? How did you find the, the movement of liberty? Well, I found it in college when I read Ayn Rand's material and was very excited about it. When the party was first formed, they ran an ad in Reason magazine, and I joined the party. However, it wasn't really until the early 80s when I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that I found a chapter of the party, <laughs> you know, a county a county. Uh, organization, I got involved and very rapidly started running for office. So I've, I've had about a dozen libertarian campaigns under my belt. In addition, I've been a campaign manager for one of the other uh, candidates in a state where I couldn't qualify. And I, I've just done a lot of things. I've, I've been a member of the LNC. I've run unity campaigns at national conventions. And I'm probably best known for my book, Healing Our World. Absolutely. Which is a li- yeah, it's a li- you know about that. We are huge fans of Healing Our World. We talk about it. You know, whenever somebody calls in and asks the inevitable, what book should I read question, that's one of the first ones I think of. That one and uh, Harry Brown's Why Government Doesn't Work. I think those are the two, I think, the two most formative books uh, for me that, that really helped me solidify uh, my understanding of, uh, of the libertarian belief system. It's just such a fantastic book. And, and I think that one of the best things about it is that people can go to your website and actually read the 1990s edition of it for free. So you can really sample it, uh, the entire old, you know, older version of the book, and then decide for yourself whether or not you want to buy the, the newer version, which I highly recommend. Yes, yes. The, my website, by the way, for your listeners who might want to do that, is VoteMary2008.com. That's VoteMary2008.com. And, and I hope that people will go and get the free edition and check it out, because that's why I put it up there. I didn't want anyone to think, well, I've got to buy a whole book before I can decide if it's what I want. Right. And I really think it's, it's wonderful, because when I started writing this book, I thought it was going to be a book about theory, but it turned out to be the largest compilation of actual, real-life situations where liberty has been tried and it has worked there's literally hundreds of examples and i think over a thousand references yeah you're, there's a lot of citations all throughout the book so everything's backed it's, up it's really hard to argue with facts yes it is 
Although people do manage. Well, and and the logic is just ironclad. It's just uh, one of the most brilliant uh, brilliant books. So, uh, you know, again, I've been paying attention and, and watching, uh, reading your articles for the Advocates for Self-Government for years. Uh, you, you write a monthly column called, I believe it's Short Answers to the Tough Questions? Yes, yes. The Ask Dr. Ruar column has turned into my book, Short Answers to the Tough Questions. And it's it's the most popular feature of the Advocates for Self-Government e-zine, and that's theadvocates.org. The website is theadvocates.org, T-H-E-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-S.org. So many of our listeners who've been listening to Free Talk Live for, for at least a little while have, have certainly heard of you, and anybody who's looked into you, they know that you've got your uh, libertarian street cred, for lack of a better term. What is it, how do you feel... Um, I mean, you said you've been with the Libertarian Party since pretty much the beginning. Having that perspective, that you know, several decades-long perspective of the LP, how do you feel it? Because we've talked before about how it's sort of fallen away, in my opinion, from its principles. How do you feel about all that? What have you seen happen in the, over the last few decades? And what's your current feeling about the Libertarian Party? Well, you know, we have actually had successes that we've never taken credit for. For example, when we were out there as candidates in the 1980s and we talked about ending the drug war, people were just aghast. Yeah. And yet today, we're starting to seriously discuss whether or not the drug war makes any sense. You know, that's a libertarian victory. I don't think that discussion would be taking place today without having the libertarian party out there and its candidates out there taking that position. And that's one of the good things about the Libertarian Party, in my opinion, is that it frames the debate um, to some extent. It, it, it requires Republicans to at least talk about small government. They're not going to do it. But, you know, they're too busy stuffing their pockets full of uh, go- government largess, the, the politicians. And, you know, uh, the Republicans just continue to vote for, for them. I don't understand why. Well, certainly, the as I understood it, the original concept of the LP was to be more of an educational organization than it was to necessarily get people elected. Was that was that the case? Well, actually, it had two goals. One was the educational goal, and one was the political goal of actually getting our candidates elected. And I think back in those days, our thought was we needed to educate people before we could get people elected because our ideas were very radical. And yet today, another victory that we've had is that we used to talk about eliminating the income tax. People were aghast. And yet today, we saw Ron Paul go out there. He made both of our strong positions. He said, let's get rid of the income tax and replace it with nothing. He said, let's end the drug war. And, you know, he got a great following. Our message has all of a sudden become very, very attractive. That's another libertarian victory. The other one, I think, is uh, killing off national health care in the 1990s. I was part of the group that worked to defeat that, and I recognized about 80% of the names of the people who were writing articles and getting on the radio, you know, 80% of them were libertarians. So, you know, the Libertarian Party, I think, can take uh, some credit for that defeat as well. And yet today what's happening in the party, as you alluded to, we're we're kind of losing focus on that. I think there's been a, a feeling that we haven't gotten enough votes, so we need to water down the message. I think this is a big mistake. Absolutely. You know, Ron, Paul, Ron Paul showed us that the message is attractive. Now is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Right. I have to say that Ron Paul, despite, you know, he certainly isn't the, the, the perfect libertarian. He's off on maybe a couple of issues. But he is far more libertarian than many of the people, I'm not going to name names, but many of your competitors for the libertarian presidential nomination. I mean, I'm absolutely shocked that they would allow some of these uh, these ex-politicians into the party when they, they clearly don't even understand what uh, the party of principle even means. 
Well, yes, of course we welcome people who maybe haven't formed entirely their their philosophy about liberty, maybe are just putting their toe in the water, so to speak, or an arm in the leg. Uh, and, and what happens is that after a few years, they kind of get the rest of the philosophy by osmosis. But sure. we do have people who have come in and feel that they want to have our presidential nomination, and in a sense, I can understand their enthusiasm. I know when I heard the message of liberty, I was, I was so stunned, I was so taken aback, I was so enthusiastic that I would have done anything to promote it, and I think that's probably where they're getting the energy to declare for president. However, our standard bearer needs to be the example of liberty, needs to really understand the philosophy, else how can they... How can they teach the American people about it? You know, our presidential candidate is still primarily an educational instrument, a person who points the voters not only towards their own campaign, but more importantly, towards the campaigns of the state and local candidates that encourages people to come in and embrace the ideas of liberty. And if our presidential candidate does not embrace them totally his or herself, how can that communication take place? It can't. So I think we need to really focus on a person who can give the message in its truest form. Well, Harry Brown did that back in 1996 and 2000, and and, and he knew he wasn't going to win. He was running to bring people into the the message, to expose them to the pro-liberty message, a a very pure uh, pro-freedom message, and and that's what brought me on board uh, was that campaign. I can't say that if one of these politicians, uh, you know, these former uh, senators and former representatives, was running with their watered-down message that that would do anything to interest me or attract me if I were, you know, 10 years prior to where I am today. I want to come back with more with you, if you don't mind, Mary. We're going to hang on to you sure. through, uh, through here a few more segments. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you have a question for Dr. Mary Ruart? She is running for the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination. She hasn't gotten the nomination yet. We'll talk to her more about that and that whole process here in a few moments. And take your calls got a question for mary get on the lines now this is free talk live this is free talk live it's your show bring up whatever you want toll-free number 800-259-9231 though calls will be prioritized if you are uh, having a question for our guest dr mary ruart is with us she is a libertarian candidate for the Libertarian presidential nomination. The presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party has yet to be chosen. The process for that doesn't involve any sort of uh, public primary, as in you won't go to the polls to vote for uh, the Libertarian presidential nominee. It's all done at the Libertarian Party's presidential uh, nominee. I guess it's uh, the national convention where they have a debate between the different candidates, and then everybody who's there gets a chance to vote. So when is that happening, um, Mary? When is that going to be occurring? Well, that's happening next week. We'll have our big debate next Saturday night, basically a week from today, and we'll have the voting the next day. So I'm really, you know, I've got my fingers crossed on this one. I really hope that you are the chosen candidate here, though there are a couple, I think there may be a, a couple of others that, I, I like Steve Cubby. He's one of the, I think, one of the, the better choices out there, and yeah. I think you and, you and Steve get along pretty well. We certainly do. We've supported each other for years. So uh, so whether you or Steve uh, end up taking the nomination, I think it'll be a success. The other guys, some of them I don't really know too well, and some of them I'm, I'm just downright frightened of, uh, of getting the nomination. I think it'll be, you know, it'll spell the beginning of the end for the Libertarian Party if, if they actually receive it. And, uh, in fact, there was actually a, an issue within the past couple of weeks that came up between you and another candidate, which resulted in the LP, the Libertarian Party, releasing a press release 
calling for the uh, calling for, as I recall, the release was calling for the FBI and the CIA to work together with state agencies to 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 stop child pornography. And you know, nobody likes child pornography. That's pretty gross and weird. But the Libertarian Party I joined a decade ago would never have even called for the CIA and the FBI to exist. And I, th- I thought it was such a an example, a telling example of how far away from the principle of of non-aggression that the the party has fallen. I actually went in and resigned or revoked rather my uh, my life membership in the party. As a result of that, so I will not be at the convention, but I hope that those who still remain will be there to support you. Well, and you're right. You know, I just talked to a lady today who was telling me that she wasn't going to go to Denver, even though she had been selected as a delegate because of, you know, that whole incident. And she felt that it just was it was very uh, divisive, and it wasn't what we were all about. And I have to say that that in a sense, I can certainly understand it. Um, I think the important thing to note about that whole scenario, though, is that it truly was a smear campaign. And it's it's sad because I like to think of us as the party of principle. I like to think that they're one, we're one step above that because, you know, we're a party of tolerance. That's what we're really all about. And And I would go one step further. I'd say more than tolerance. I would say that in the fullness of our philosophy, we honor our neighbor's choice, even mm. if it's one we don't agree with. And, of course, you know, since you've read Healing Our World, that I use that phrase a lot. Yes. And and that's because, really, we need to be supporting each other in our choices. Perhaps if we don't agree with them, we need to, we need to kindly try to persuade others that maybe their choice is hurting them. But as far as beating up on each other and being divisive, especially in the Libertarian Party, I mean, that really needs to end because there's so few of us. We cannot afford to be at each other's throat, you know, even when we disagree with tactics or maybe our positions aren't totally identical or evolved and, in, 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 uh, you know, aren't, aren't as advanced maybe in some cases as we would like to see. I think we need to treat each other with respect because if we don't, if we don't do that, we're going to not be able to go after the real enemy who's outside the party. I have to say, I, I think that theme in Healing Our World is one of the most powerful. The idea that if you want something to stop, you shouldn't be pushing against that thing. You shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be forcing people against their will. You should be using persuasion. If you want your na- I mean, if you don't like what your neighbors are doing, that's fine. You're free to not like it, but. If you want to be free, you have to let them have the freedom to do the things that you might not necessarily agree with. That's right. And we all want freedom for ourselves, but oftentimes we don't want it for our neighbors. We're afraid of our neighbors. You know, and this is something that has been, this fear has been fueled by by our government. You know, they say, oh, your neighbor is doing something that's not good and Mm. it might hurt you in the long run. And so you've got to slap them down. Well, if we went after everybody who could potentially harm us, we'd have to wipe everybody out. (laughs) All right. Whether that neighbor is next door down the street in Mexico or in, you know, uh, in China. Or in Middle East. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we have to be very careful. You know, force is truly, even defensive force is truly the last resort. We want to make sure that that we that we are in a situation where if we're using defensive force, it's it's truly justified because once we start having to have defensive force, it means we're truly at war, whether with another individual or with a country. And there's there's really no gain in that in the sense that everybody's going to lose a little. And there are times when we need to do it. I'm not a pacifist. I want to make that very, very clear. There are times when you need to pull the trigger or there's times when you need to stop someone from being an aggressor. 
You just can't but go around want, shooting everyone. That's right. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't. You don't want to overkill, so to speak. And and you certainly, if you have to do it, you want to stop the aggressor with as much, uh, shall we say, tough love as possible. Because, you know, ultimately, if if you do it in hate in a vengeful way. That does something inside of you that is very destructive, and and so we need to. I know this is a very hard concept sometimes to discuss, but you know we hope that if we're confronted with an aggressor, that we have to stop at gunpoint, that we do it not out of vengeance, not out of hate, but just do what's necessary and leave the rest of that baggage behind. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the number to get on the air with Dr. Mary Ruard. Her website is Vote Mary two thousand eight. Let's go to Ken in Michigan. On the amp line, you're on with Mary Ruart. Hey, what's up, Ian, Mark, and Dr. Ruart? Anyways, Hello. Uh, hey, how you doing? Anyways, uh, I was noticing, you know, Ian, in the last segment, you were talking about some of the other people running for the LP nomination that were sort of libertarian light, and you didn't want to name any names, but uh, first person that comes to mind for me is, is Bob Barr, and uh, I, I noticed immediately, you know, he doesn't promote the uh, abolition of the Federal Reserve, and for me, that's definitely not a libertarian ideal. That's the so big issue for me. Mary Ruart is, uh, you know, what was her stance on that? Well, you know, the Federal Reserve is the mechanism by which the government inflates the currency. And when they inflate the currency, or you can think of it as printing more money, what they're doing is they're taking away the value of the money that you and I make or have saved. It's a way of taxing us without letting us know that it's happening. So, of course, uh, like Ron Paul, I think the Federal Reserve needs to go. There's, There's no good way to make it work. You know, it can't be reformed. Uh, it's, the, it's just a mechanism of inflation or of, of stealing from the American people. Mary, follow-up question. Ken, thank you for the call, sir. Follow-up question on that. Would you suggest that instead of having a Federal Reserve, that the, uh, the government still be in charge of the money supply or that we turn it over to the marketplace and competing uh, organizations? Well, when, when you have competing currencies, in general, you do much better. And, of course, when they're commodity-based currencies like gold or silver-based, you do even better. In fact, in one of the chapters in my book, I think it's Chapter 9, Healing Our World, what you see is a a table which shows that countries that have an era of free banking, and several of them have, Scotland, Canada has had that, you have much less in terms of recession, depression, uh, banking crises than you do when you're so regulated as you are here in the United States. Excellent. Mary, hang on. We're bringing you back for more. Your calls as well, 800-259-9231 for Dr. Mary Ruart. Her website, Vote Mary 2008. She's running for the Libertarian presidential nomination at this point. She's not yet gotten the nomination. She's running for that, and she could use your help. Uh, more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Call with your questions for Dr. Mary Ruart. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything, but you'll have to do that a little bit later. Because right now we're talking to Dr. Mary Ruart. She is a presidential candidate. Well, sort of. She's running for the presidential nomination from the Libertarian Party. So if all goes well in another week's time, uh, she will be 
the nominee for the Libertarian Party. By the way, uh, this is Free Talk Live, and our website is freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of this interview, it will be posted later tonight at freetalklive.com as well as the rest of the show. And if you missed the last week or, in fact, the last year of the program, it's all there for you right there on the front page of the site, freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. You can use code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. Okay, back with Dr. Mary Roart running for president. The website is VoteMary2008.com. You can go there, and there's some opinion pieces. You guys are now starting to post some YouTube videos. I was there earlier today. And uh, there's a link to your book, Healing Our World, which we talked about earlier. People can actually read the entirety of the 1990s edition of the book for free there. So a great way to really find out uh, where you're at on pretty much all of the issues. I mean, it's a very comprehensive book. Yes, it is. So let's continue with these phone calls here, Mary. They're uh, rolling in. We're going to go to the phones and talk to Cheryl in uh, South Carolina listening on WSCFM. Cheryl, you're on with Dr. Mary Ruart. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question about the income tax and what would be the ramifications of actually removing the income tax? Because my understanding of it is that it actually it goes to pay the Federal Reserve or the, the, it goes to pay the debt down. I'm not sure, but I just was curious about that and what your thoughts were on if that were to ever happen. Thank you for the call, Cheryl. Yes, Cheryl, well, that's a good question. Um, I think Ron Paul had mentioned that basically the money that's collected from the income tax goes to paying the interest on the national debt to a large extent. And, of course, as libertarians, we often say we'd like to get rid of the income tax and replace it with nothing. To do that, we'd simply have to cut spending back to about the 19, some, some level in the 1990s, which isn't really that big of a cut. Right. The government was too big in the 1990s, too. <laughs> under that, Clinton. That's right. You know, under Clinton. Wasn't the government too big under Clinton? Well, I think it's been too big for an awful long time. Yeah. It was, yeah it, was, it was, as far as I'm concerned, it was too big under Kennedy. It was too big yeah. under uh, John Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's been pretty big. And, you know, all the services, of course, that we normally get from government could be better and more inexpensively provided by the private sector. And that's why my book, Healing Our World, is so interesting, because we, we take it point by point and show that this has happened to the real world. Because, you know, theory is fine, but if you don't have practical application, you know, it's not worth very much. Let's continue to talk to Jeremy in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Dr. Mary Roark. Jeremy, go ahead. So, good afternoon, everybody. Um, I just wanted to ask Mary, um, I mean, you refer to Ron Paul a lot, and I do support freedom, and I think you have a right to do whatever you need to do, but I'm saying, and doesn't it kind of divide folks that possibly Ron Paul could get by actually even... Having, I mean, I support the Libertarian Party, too, but I'm saying instead of dividing all these votes and everything, wouldn't it better just to get behind somebody that's more likely to get in there and maybe compromise on a few things and maybe mm-hmm. put the support behind him instead of... Well, that's an excellent question, Jeremy. Yes, and in fact, I, I kind of agree with you. You know, um, Ron Paul was our 1988 presidential candidate. And since that time, I've supported Ron Paul in his congressional races, and I was working with his presidential campaign as well. Um, Ron and I have a, a long-term relationship. He has helped me. Uh, he's, he's endorsed my book, Healing Our World. 
He has written me a letter to President Bush trying to get me uh, the position as FDA commissioner so I could do a de facto privatization of that organization. But what's happened here is that uh, Ron Paul is unlikely, I hope he will, he's unlikely to get the Republican nomination in Minneapolis this September. And so what I want to do is I want to keep his name out there just in case, and it's easy to do because, you know, I'm going to be talking a lot about health care. That's my special uh, issue. And, of course, his Health Care Protection, Freedom Protection Act is a great piece of legislation. It would basically change the way the FDA does business, especially with preventative medicine, vitamins and minerals. So that's a wonderful thing. And if, if Dr. Paul doesn't get the nomination in September, we're going to have to make some choices because there aren't many Ron Paul Republicans running. So I'm going to be encouraging Ron Paul supporters to vote for libertarian state and local candidates because those are the people who can help Ron Paul when he resumes his seat in Congress. And in addition, if Ron Paul doesn't get the nomination, I want to be sure that his supporters know they have an alternative. If we could put the LP in double digits by voting for the Libertarian Party, I think it would send a message that Ron Paul's philosophy, which has been very closely labeled libertarian by the media, would, would be is something that's exciting to the American people. And if Ron Paul does get the nomination in September, I want to be able to talk about voting for the greater of two goods, because we've always <laughs> talked in the Libertarian Party about voting for the lesser of two evils. I think it would be exciting if he got the nomination. Yeah, it would be a nice little choice. No doubt right, about two, that. Two Ger- libertarians running instead of one. It would Ger- be great. Jeremy, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Now, just to, to go off in a, a bit of a different direction here for a moment, since I have you on the show, uh, Mary, and it's a, the first time we've ever had you here, uh, we're Free State Project members, uh, both Mark and myself. We've moved here to New Hampshire as of about two years ago almost now at this point uh, as early movers as part of the Free State Project. How familiar are you with that concept? Well, I, I, I was very familiar with it even in its inception. Uh, I've heard a lot about it. I think it's a great idea. You know, that's how we can get a concentrated dose of libertarianism in one state and hopefully you know, make a change in that state. And I know it was very interesting, the selection process of the state. Very exciting. So does that uh, mean that the Free State Project has uh, Dr. Mary Ruart's endorsement? Uh, absolutely. Fantastic. That uh, that is excellent. Well, uh, well, I'll I'll trade you an endorsement then, uh, Mary. You have my endorsement for uh, for running for the Libertarian presidential nomination, and presuming you get it, you'll have my endorsement for president as well. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Let's continue with phone calls here. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the Free State Project. But we've got Scott on the line in Oklahoma, listening on KGWA. Hello, Scott. Hello. Thank you very much. Uh, You're my... on with Dr. Ruart. Hello. Yeah, my my question is a little bit uh, variation from the previous caller you had. Uh, I think that the libertarians uh, could be far more effective if they turned themselves not as a party but into a caucus and embedded themselves into the Republican Party to form the conservative wing because there are no more apparently uh, conservative Republicans. They're joining. They're quickly trying to join the Democrats. So well, I think. I think it would be a great endorsement. I know I would be tending to to vote for any Republican that said that they were of a uh, libertarian leaning or endorsed by the Libertarian Caucus. I would just automatically vote for them rather than any any liberal Republican who's trying to sound like they're a conservative, but we know better. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that is happening, Scott. There's a Republican Liberty Caucus that is uh, is operating within the Republican Party and they do exactly what you're what you're talking about and of course 
some of them, their members are referred to as Ron Paul Republicans as well. And I think that's a good strategy as well. I don't think there's just one strategy. You see, this is why I like the Free State Project. It's why I like the Republican Liberty Caucus. It's why I like the Libertarian Party. I think we need to go in on all fronts. And some people are simply more suited to be Libertarian Party members, uh, educating the public on the philosophy and running candidates that are willing to stand up and give the message to the American people. And then, of course, we have uh, Republicans in the Republican Liberty Caucus who are trying to make sure that the Republican agenda includes a strong Libertarian component, hopefully eventually a large Libertarian component. I think that's wonderful, too. And also I think that citizen activism, which is what the Free State Project is all about, is wonderful, too. We need it all. And each of us is suited to something a little bit different. And so each of us has to ask ourselves, what can I do? What is my specialty? You know, where can I put my attention to help the cause of liberty? And I don't think that divides us. I think that's the marketplace at work. Absolutely. And- we saw a great example of that. And thank you, by the way, Scott, for the call. Saw a great example of that with the, the Ron Paul campaign, how it was so self-organized that the, the people that were backing up Ron Paul and were excited about him just went out and did what they wanted to do. And they put their talents and their efforts into the things that they knew would work best for them, and it and it worked out. Everything worked so wonderfully as well. Uh, more with Dr. Mary Ruard here in moments, 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for her, get on the line now. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. But for the next few minutes, at least, or the remainder of this hour, we will be interviewing Dr. Mary Ruart and taking your calls for her. Those would be the priorities. So if you call in about something else, you probably have to hold through to hour number two. Again, the SACL CAI call in line 800-259-9231. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Uh, Plus, you can see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. Plus, uh, don't forget to go to FreeTalkLive.com. And uh, get interactive with us there. In fact, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go and buy some stuff at our store at store.freetalklive.com. In addition, you can also go to amazon.freetalklive.com. And if you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a cut. We'll get a percentage of anything that you buy. Again, amazon.freetalklive.com. Back with Dr. Mary Ruard. She's the author of Healing Our World, one of uh, my most favorite libertarian books. It's available online through her website at votemary2008.com. It's actually, when I say available, literally, you can read the entirety of the 1990s edition. Of course, once you finish reading that, you're going to inevitably want to order the uh, the 2001 edition because you packed a whole bunch of new and updated information in there, didn't you? I certainly did. I think it grew about 25 to 30%. Yes, it's uh, it's an excellent book, and it and it talks about um, you know what I really love healing our world for is because it really approaches the the libertarian message from a, a caring perspective. A lot of times, libertarians get accused of being cold and heartless, and you know you don't want to help people, but that's not the case at all, is it, Mary? No, freedom works for everyone. In fact, it's really the solution to poverty, the environment. Uh, you know, crime, there's hardly anything that liberty doesn't work well for, and that's what's so exciting. So com- liberty is truly the compassionate choice. So uh, so I mentioned the Free State Project earlier, and you actually uh, 
spontaneously decided to give the Free State Project an endorsement. So I'm yes. curious, what's it going to take to get Dr. Ruart to move to New Hampshire <laughs> and join the Free State Project? That is a very good question, and actually, my husband and I have talked with it, talked about that on occasion. Uh, we're currently in Texas, where our children and grandchildren primarily are. So that's a little bit of the. Uh, let me say that's that's some of the things that are holding us here. So bring up the whole family. What will happen in the future? Well, you know, uh, that's been discussed as well. You never can tell what's well, going to happen. Well, here's a good excuse to to at least come up for a visit. We mentioned Pork Fest earlier. Uh, it's a wonderful summertime event. There's also a wintertime event called the Liberty Forum where they have various different libertarian luminaries come to New Hampshire, and usually there's some sort of speaking uh, engagement. But Porkfest is more of like a week-long camp-out experience where hundreds of liberty activists gather together in the same campground, and they, they socialize and have a good time, and they, you know, they, they eat together, and you know, there's, uh, there's presentations, and it's really it's just a lot of fun. So it's a great excuse to bring the kids up to New Hampshire and, and look around the state and meet some of these fantastic activists uh, that we have here, because really what we're seeing happen, the original concept, in case you aren't familiar, and for those just tuning in uh, that don't know, it's the idea is to move 20,000 liberty-loving activists to one place, to concentrate uh, the, the, the liberty activism in the same spot, because what we've the biggest problem with the liberty movement has been is that there's, there's, there's not enough of us in one place. We're scattered about all across the country. So the concentration factor is already making a difference, even though the, the project hasn't reached its goal. There's only a, a couple hundred people that have moved in here so far, but there have already been just fantastic results. And I think what you're going to see, Mary, is that the, the best of the best activists from around the country are going to end up being siphoned off up here to New Hampshire. And it's actually going to be tougher to be a, a libertarian activist elsewhere soon. Well, I, I, I have to say, I have been to New Hampshire since the Free State Project started, and I agree with you. Good things are happening. And, in fact, I think we are considering, my campaign is considering sending me to the Pork Fest. So yeah, you may see me shortly. That would be fantastic. Let's continue with the phone calls for Dr. Mary Ruart. Uh, let's talk to Gail in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, hi, Mary, and hi, all of you on the radio land. <laughs> my name is Gail Lightfoot. And when Mary mentioned that we each decide what we can do that best helps the liberty movement, I'm a longtime Libertarian Party activist, and in my all of my life, whenever I meet anyone, my name just strikes them. They want to know all about me. So I've chosen to be a partisan candidate a number of times, and when Mary declared for the presidential seat, I said, I would like to be your running mate, and so I've declared for the vice presidential nomination because... Lightfoot on the ballot works. You vote Libertarian, you vote Lightfoot, and we want to run two ladies for liberty in the 2000s. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, dual female ticket. I mean, that Absolutely. You no, know, we're the first party to run a woman for vice president. We've run three women for vice president, and I think we should be the first one to run two women for both positions. Fantastic idea. Mary, your thoughts? Oh, well, actually, first let me ask Gail, do you have a website yet? Yeah, I do. Why don't you give it out so the listeners can hear it? It's GailKLightfoot.com. Thank you for the Gail call tonight, K. Gail. Lightfoot. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mary, with your thoughts, Thanks, go Gail. ahead. Yes, well, you know, I think that, that is a good idea. You know, that's one of the ideas that, uh, you know, people come up with that may help us, you know, really get some, some good uh, media attention. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and um, there's there's other options as well. I mean, it's it's exciting because... In our convention, of course, the uh, presidential candidate doesn't pick the VP uh, nominee. It's 
picked by the convention. So it's it's what the convention, the delegates think about the strategy that they want to activate. Naturally, the presidential candidate can talk about what they would think would be a good idea, but ultimately it's up to the delegates. And that's one of the things I do like about the Libertarian Party is that we trust our delegates. You know, that's something that we have done for a long time, and it it really, I think, is, is the way to go. You know, in some parties, and even in the Libertarian Party on occasion, I must say, backdoor deals are made that, that influence things in a way that probably isn't proper. You know, maybe it's really we should be letting the delegates decide all of these things. Let's continue with Steve in Florida. Steve, you're on the line with Dr. Mary Ruart. Uh, good evening, Dr. Ruart. I, a quick question for you. I, um, I've, I've often heard from other libertarians that radicals and anarchists don't belong in the Libertarian Party, and that they don't, they don't belong in the political process at all. Maybe they should be in think tanks or foundations and public policy things, and, and that you know, the American people don't want to hear that kind of radicalism. And so I was wondering how you respond to that. Uh, we ought to soft-pedal libertarianism so that the voters will, will listen. It's a good question. Thank you, Steve. Well, you know, what we're, what we're doing here is we're trying to teach the American public about liberty so they can embrace it and put candidates in office who exemplify the best of libertarian principles. And we're not going to teach them that by soft-selling our message. You know, we could do that. I mean, we'd probably get a few more votes. Maybe we'd get a little more media attention. But what would we achieve? You know, we're, we're out here to promote liberty. And if we aren't doing it, who can freedom-loving people in America vote for? Yeah, it there would, would seem, be no one left. It would seem to me that all that would be achieved would be confusion. People would uh, would hear the term libertarian, and they wouldn't really know how it was any different from Democrat or Republican, uh, yes, if you water it down. Yes, and that's the big danger in this particular convention coming up. We have a lot of candidates who want to soft-sell the message so much that they're going to be sending troops to Colombia to continue the drug war. They're not going to want to talk about legalizing hard drugs. They're going to want to talk about replacing the income tax with another tax as opposed to talking about getting rid of taxes as mm-hmm. a matter of principle. And this is going to greatly confuse the American public. We have a brand out there. Granted, it may not be a well-known brand in some circles, but in many circles, it's a very important brand, and we are going to confuse the American public if we are not consistent. Well, I, danger. I, I hope to hear good news of you receiving the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination at next weekend's convention. Uh, as I said before, you've got my uh, you've got my vote. If I were there, I'd vote for you. So that's uh, certainly my uh, my endorsement. Just real quick, uh, and, and hopefully, if you do get it, we'll have you back. Certainly, be a great excuse to have you back on the program sometime, uh, perhaps over the summer. And if you're going to be at Porkfest, we'll certainly have you in because we're going to be broadcasting live from there. Uh, great. So my other question for you is, how do you feel about Outside of the system, market-based activism, because I'm so tired of politics in general. What we've seen here in New Hampshire is that there's a great group of sort of market-based activists that are doing mm-hmm. nonviolent, non-cooperation, civil disobedience sorts of uh, things, and we're having some tremendous effect. How do you feel about that approach? I think it's great. Again, everybody has to do what they are moved to do, and some people are moved to that type of activism. That's not my particular bent, usually. I, I'm much more of a communicator, but I really admire people who do that. That takes a lot of guts. VoteMary2008.com. That is your presidential campaign website. There's a blog there. You've been posting on it. Lots of stuff to read and see. And, uh, Mary, best of luck this weekend or this coming weekend at the convention. 
Well, thank you, and thank all your listeners for, for listening in tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show and spending your time with us. Thanks, we really Dr. appreciate Ruart. it. Thank you, Dr. Mary Ruart, uh, running again for the Libertarian presidential nomination. Go to her website at votemary2008.com. Find out the ways you can help her out, help her uh, win that nomination, so we can at least help a few more people discover the message of liberty. More coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, Mark, coming up, you've got a story about gay marriage out in California. That's correct. We'll get to that, but first... A disturbing issue, a disturbing story from the Houston Chronicle at cron.com. Brownsville, ending speculation about the fate of, a Rio, of the Rio Grande Valley's undocumented immigrants during a hurricane evacuation, U.S. Customs and Border Protection has confirmed that it will be checking the citizenship both of people boarding buses to leave the valley and at inland traffic checkpoints. Those determined to be in the country illegally will be taken to detention centers away from the hurricane's path and later processed for deportation. He says, uh, one of their spokes bureaucrats says, it's business as usual at the checkpoints. We'll still check everybody. So the story here is that uh, when the hurricane comes through now down south, you can expect the checkpoints, and you can, ex- you can expect uh, immigration checkpoints to have to deal with if you're trying to get out of where it is, wherever it is you're getting out of. I can only imagine that bottles would bottleneck everything. Oh, well, I mean, they've already got checkpoints in certain places, but it sounds like they're going to make a special effort to bottleneck things because people are going to be trying to leave who normally wouldn't be trying to leave, I guess, and they're hoping they can snatch up some so-called illegal immigrants in that process. And, uh, and again, they're going to be also checking the citizenship of people boarding buses. Says we, uh, locals responded with predictions of humanitarian disaster. Reverend Mike Seifert says we can't wait to see helicopter photos of us sitting on roofs. Uh, he points out, imagine we're all in an uproar and everyone's in an enormous hurry. There's just a narrow window of opportunity and you get to the place where the buses and the border patrols checking people. Now you're not going to go. In the disastrous wake of hurricanes Katrina and Rita, officials in the valley have pondered the politics of mass evacuation, illegal immigration, and the checkpoints that filter northbound traffic every day. After Rita threatened the Houston area, clogging highways for miles, drying up gas pumps, and creating chaos, emergency management officials set out to improve planning. And we know that when the government reorganizes itself, it always works better, right? Sure. No. What they're talking about doing here is getting in the way of people who are trying to evacuate. That's what they're talking about. In the name of illegal immigration... As the crackdown continues, we read a story earlier this week about 300 people being detained. I believe it was in Iowa. Maybe it was Idaho. But anyway, they've, they've just been ru- ruining people's lives over this issue. They've been separating children from families. These aren't criminals. They aren't people who've harmed others. They're just people who are looking to make a better life for themselves. And this government is going to do everything it possibly can 
to get in their way. Well, and, and not only that, it's, um, you know, real live American citizens are being inconvenienced like you wouldn't believe during a very trying time, um, you know, here during an evacuation uh, for this, you know, th- this kind of thing to happen. It, it, to me, it's ludicrous. Get out of there. Everybody evacuate includes the bureaucrats. Get out. Yeah, and oh, what happens? What happens if you're in a rush to leave your home, and you forget your license, your driver's license, or you forget your papers? How's that going to work out for you? I mean, if if you're somewhat brown looking, and you don't have your license, and you get to one of these immigration checkpoints, say your English, say you've been in the country for uh, you know twenty years, and your English isn't that great, that's not going to go well. No, you're going to be detained. What are they going to do with you? They're going <laughs> to detain you. <laughs> They're going to take you to a detention center until they can figure out who you are. They can uh, somehow verify your claims. And who knows how long that's going to take. If it's in the middle of a disaster, you remember the story after uh, Hurricane Katrina, there were people in jails that, like, the guards weren't even showing up. What were they, how were they supposed to get food? How were they supposed to get out if the place flooded? Eat each other. Well, you crazy. Can't, if the place floods, you're screwed. So, you know, the same idea. If you've got a, det- you know, if you're detained... And there's just mass hysteria going on outside. Can you really expect they're going to pay extra special attention to you, even if you are a so-called citizen? I wouldn't I get my hopes up for that. I can't understand why they, uh, you know, during a disaster they would, um, they, they would evacuate. You know, the, the guards would would not show up to prisons, but they would have checkpoints. It's it's just crazy. Well, some are going to show, and some aren't. So I mean. It, Individuals will do different things. But I just thought this was yet another interesting development in the the police state of America that we're living in today. The The largest incarcerator of humans on the face of the planet. It's so hard to believe. I mean, when you think China, China having far more humans, you'd think they would be able to, uh, they would have more, but no. Something like the quantity of six times as many humans are not incarcerating as many people. So 1-800-259-9231, how do you feel about this? I mean, even those of you who are the anti-immigrant zealots out there, how do you feel about the idea of being stopped and demanded to know your citizenship and having to prove yourself to a bunch of bureaucrats on the way out of trying to evacuate from somewhere? Are you, are you still going to support that one? I mean, how far, I wonder, how far will this uh, security state, this anti-immigration apparatus of the government, how far will it have to push the anti-immigrant zealots, before they realize that it's gone too far. What, what will that, where's their line in the sand? Do they even have one? Those of you out there who are very vehement about stopping illegal immigration, how, you know, how far is too far? House-to-house searches? Hmm? Because we already have checkpoints, okay? The checkpoints are here, and they're here to stay, apparently, on the southern and northern border of America. Inward, about a maximum of 50 miles from the border, you can encounter checkpoints, sometimes randomly, sometimes at permanent installations. People that live in the middle of America, they don't even know these things exist. They might be shocked to find out that this is happening in the so-called yeah, land just of the doing, free. They're just doing random stops on people. Well, not random stops, but they're... No, they're they setting stop up, everyone. Right, they're st- setting up checkpoints inside America, not right. at the border. Right. They're, they're asking people what their citizenship is at these checkpoints, and they're not as intrusive as they could be yet, but it's just a matter of time before they become more intrusive than they currently are. You can get through the checkpoint if you're a white person and refuse to answer the question. We've already got raids on businesses going on in America. That's going on now, yeah. They're kicking in businesses' doors. They're demanding now that 
They're creating a program at the federal level that uh, businesses will have to register with, and they will have to check all their potential employees through the federal government. As to though get it's an not approval. hard enough to make a buck and hard enough to make a profit, mm-hmm. then they're going to add this new onus of uh, you know participation on these businesses, which is going to require them to hire people, really just hire somebody just to check the citizenship of their uh, their employees, which sure. means that all Americans are going to have to bear the cost of this because. Well, we buy things, and those businesses are going to need to, um, you know, have that much more regulation on them, and they have, we have to pay for it. So, how far are you going to let it go? That's my question for you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That we've talked to people on this program before who've said that they wouldn't mind having their house searched if the cops came around and said, "Excuse me, sir, we're looking for some illegal immigrants we suspect are in the area. We're going to need you uh, to to search your house." They said they'd let them search. So that's, I mean, that's clearly not too far from some people. What if they start gassing the illegal well, immigrants? Well, it's one thing to let, um, a, you know, a bureaucrat come and search your house for illegal Im- immigrants. It's another thing entirely to vote and support a bureaucrat doing it to my house. Because I don't support that. I don't want the government just co- being able to come into my house and look around because they think they have a good enough reason, uh, you know, because, well, I guess the accusation of having the, the possibility that I might have an illegal immigrant, I, I don't mean probable cause here, but just the, the sort of the idea that there, there might be illegal immigrants around. We've got to ch- search everybody's houses. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then they're going to check what weapons that you have in the house, uh, sure. po- poke around and see if you have uh, uh, expired uh, prescriptions. There might be some uh, illegal immigrants in this medicine cabinet. Sure. Check your son's. Uh, top drawer for some marijuana or something, right? Because yeah. there could be an immigrant hiding in there. So how far are you going to let it go? I mean, I, I'm actually having trouble figuring out where it can go from here. I mean, we know that they're rounding people up. They, the 300 people they, uh, they detained in the, the raid of the, the packing plant earlier this week, they were all taken to detention, uh, to like a, a farmland kind of de- detention center. They didn't even have a detention center large enough to, to house these people. It was like they were being housed concentration camp style. So, I mean, what if they start gassing the uh, the immigrants? Oh, I don't think they're going to do that. No, but but what if they determine that uh, that you know uh, keeping them around is too expensive and sending them back costs too much money because of the price of gas? So, oh, let's just gas them. I, I think you're out of your mind. I'm just trying to think of where they can go from here, Mark. I mean, what else is left? They've got checkpoints. They could have more that's, checkpoints. That's not the formula in America. That's not how we yeah. do things. The formula is we're going to incarcerate these people. We're going to add the burden of taxation to the taxpayer. We're going to jack up the taxes a little bit more. We're going to print more money. And the American people are going to have to pay for this along with everything else in the world we pay for. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. and Anything goes. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, and they include the wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive there. It's free. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. That's wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. He is the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the, of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com as we go to your phone calls. Uh, let's talk. Coming up, got to talk about the gay marriage issue. 
But coming, uh, let's go right into the calls. Ian is on the line in Kentucky, listening on WKCT. Hello, Ian. Hi, yes. I'm calling from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, but formerly lived in uh, California my whole life. And uh, I'd like to know why this is getting uh, so blown out of proportion that uh, one of the uh, talk show guys thinks that we're going to start uh, gassing immigrants like the Jews. No, I didn't say I didn't say that we uh, that anyone was going to do that. I just said where can it go from here? I mean, they've already got people kicking in doors, raiding businesses. We've got internal checkpoints. Uh, where is the next step? People are being detained in camps. Well, if you've been ever been to California, I you have. know how. Well, you should be know how surprisingly easy it is to get into the country. I mean, you I know, think it should have, be easier. Actually, I think that uh, all these checkpoints and all this nonsense, this police state crap, needs to go away, and we need to have freedom again, where uh, where people can cross borders freely. And I think we should also get rid of welfare at the same time, because uh, a lot of people are concerned that uh, immigrants are taking welfare. Of course, the argument could be made that they're actually paying into the system and not taking anything out because they're living under the radar. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. You know, uh, I think that we need to have freedom. How do you feel about that? Well, I believe we have freedom, too, and that they shouldn't try to bottleneck things uh, during an emergency. Okay, but, uh, that's good. Im- yeah, okay, but immigration uh, definitely is a problem. Why is that? Uh, okay, well, immigration is definitely a problem, especially in California, because wherever a huge number of the illegal immigrants go, you always see crime and welfare use and other things skyrocket. Well, I think that it's probably accurate to say that uh, immigrants are largely poor. Does that would you agree with that? Yeah. And that poor people large, you know, are poor people crime seems to be higher around poor people than it does around rich. Would you say that's true too? Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is that with the immigration in California, largely it's becoming the have and the have-nots, and the middle class is disappearing. Not only that, with multiple of, uh, multiple families moving into houses, it's also raising up the cost of living. I mean, where I was in California, you had to pay a thousand plus dollars a month just to live in the ghetto. Okay, well, I think that uh, probably um, the reason that it's uh, expensive in California, and it certainly is, um, is supply and demand and government regulation. I don't think that you can blame it on the immigrants living, uh, you know, three families in a house, and I, I, I don't know how common that is. There were certainly a large Mexican population in, where I lived in uh, in Bradenton, Florida, and I, I saw some houses where people lived, uh, you know, a lot of people lived, but I saw plenty where they didn't. Isn't it possible that you're, you're, you're kind of looking at the wrong problem? I mean, you're blaming immigration, but don't you think the problem is welfare? I mean, if the welfare program wasn't there, redistrib- taking your wealth by force and redistributing it, then would that no longer be an issue? Well, I'm definitely all for uh, more freedoms. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to disband with uh, big government. Right. But I do agree with you that uh, welfare is definitely a terrible monster that is uh, wreaking havoc on this country. If you made it a little bit less able, you know, it'd be better. We had a, a welfare office uh, near where I used to drive to work, and you used to see people come in there, uh, you know, driving Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> So why don't we just get rid of welfare and then open the borders and let people cross uh, freely? How's that sound? Well, if you could freely uh, regulate it and you know keep tracks on it a lot better, then yeah, people uh, could come in. I mean, America is a great melting pot, and that's why we have a, such a great language, because you can add so many dialects to it. But I think basically 
instead of creating a bunch of new laws like you were talking about, people should just go back and redefine the basics, use common sense. I'm for for getting rid of laws and and, and going down to smaller ones, but wouldn't you think, as far as regulating it, regulating means the government takes care of it, and you're for smaller government. That means that likely you believe that the government is inefficient and uh, in some cases uh, heartless and maybe even evil. Um, Why would you entrust something as important as immigration to the government? Well, if we could have free markets and other people take it over, I mean, I'm a Reagan Republican and believe in just using, you know, common sense to solve a lot of problems. Well, well oh, here's some, it sounds here's like we're on the common, same page. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that uh, free, I don't think anything in the free market is ever going to regulate um, immigration other than property um, rights. Yeah, property, property rights. rights. You you let whoever you want yeah. on your property. That's that's the ultimate solution. If you don't want people coming on your property, regardless of whether they they're coming from next door or halfway across the world, that should be your business. In your decision. Thanks for the call tonight, Ian. We appreciate the discussion. 800-259-9231. We continue with Dave in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Dave, Montana, going once? Hi, ho. Hey, Dave. Can you hear me? We yep. got you. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I think it was kind of funny. It goes to show uh, the world's greatest debtor nation's uh, leader was over there kissing Saudi butt and grabbing at the feet of the king, man. I think it, You're talking about George Bush? Yeah. He was over there in Saudi Arabia going, please pump more oil for us poor Americans so the price will go down. I think he, he should get kicked in his ass and, tell, and <laughs> impeached just for going to kiss Saudi butt. Well, that's not going to happen. Get awful oil, man. It's time to get off oil. You know, there's a lot of oil here in America if they just let people drill for it. Yeah, but the green Nazis, man, they got a monopoly on it. See, the the industries are in cahoots with these uh, eco-idiots like the Sierra Club and all them guys and everything. They're all in cahoots with each other, man, and and using it as a, a... a cage to keep us in, to cage the people. Uh, they used the Endangered Species Act. It, it expired in 1992, but Congress still funds it hmm. for some reason, you know. And then, then they charge you ten grand because there's some kind of salamander gr- lives in your neighborhood. And they're a bunch of idiots. I, I think. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the big crash so I could laugh, man, because then the tough get going and the workers start working again and we don't have no rules over us because all the big fat cats are hiding somewhere because they're afraid. It's just crazy, man. I can't believe our president was over there kissing a, a monarch's butt. Man. Yeah, it just, doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me why uh, you know, the United States, a uh, United States president, would be doing any dealings with a king when we fought a. Uh, really, yeah. really. <laughs> that, that, our, the, everybody, all the forefathers are turning over once more in their grave because we want to base our economic system on debt. Debt is servitude, servitude, civilized slavery, man. Thank you, David, for the call. As always, 800-259-9231. we got a different David on the line in South Carolina. Also, uh, Dan and Vince, and we'll take your calls as well. Ladies, you come first if you dial in. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of your air, uh, these airwaves toll-free. They are your airwaves, too, I guess. 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, including updates. Get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. I sent out actually a couple of updates today, uh, one of them announcing we've got a new affiliate, here in Keene, New Hampshire, we're now on the FM band in Keene, as as well as on the AM band. So a lot of AM stations around the country are getting what they call FM translators. But we're uh, not actually on the FM band here today in Keene because... Not tonight because of the damn baseball. Yeah, yeah, the baseball. But anyway, so that was one of the things I sent out. And uh, so lots of stations are getting FM translators, which is a good thing for us because most of our stations are AMs. And if they get FM translators, it does good things. More people listen. And uh, also sent out an update about our auction. We're doing another banner auction. You can win the second banner on the website for an entire month. These things have gone as cheap as 50 bucks and as expensive as uh, almost 200 So you never know where it's going to end up. Place your bid at auction.freetalklive.com. You can promote pretty much anything you want. There's also a new Shriner. That was Oh, yes, that's right. There is a new Shriner. So go and see Allison at freetalklive.com. But you'll know all of this if you're on the updates list. So go to updates.freetalklive.com. It's how I find out what's going on in the show. I wouldn't have known there was a Shriner otherwise. And get signed up. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out NotFatAnymore.com. To your phone calls we go. David in South Carolina listening on WSC-FM. Hello, David. David? Hey, guys. Hey, what's I on your mind? Uh, I'm calling to uh, try to do something I think is crucial um, it, for changing this country, and that is I think we need to bring conservatives and libertarians together. I mean, I think that's one of the first key steps. And the way I think we need to do that, cause a true conservative is the same as a classical liberal. and We want to conserve the Constitution. And... Um, and I wanted to talk about that, how that relates to uh, immigration. Um, uh, let me let me go on, uh, and I will talk to you about that. But I'm I'm of the opinion it's not true. What what's not true? What, they, they, they're stating that a true conservative is the same as a classical liberal. And I think that what what has become the the term conservative in this country is really a bunch of people who are mired in sort of the past and want things to be. I want it to be a lot like it was when I was a kid. Whereas a classical liberal sees the benefits of smaller government. I came right. from conservative i know i'm like i was a conservative i at one point considered getting the republican elephant tattooed on my arm <laughs> i mean <I'm laughs> pretty that's that's why i say a true conservative because okay, you know that, that's the only the yesterday is not worth conserving if yesterday was wrong you know we we should go back and we should go back and look how you know what the things that were done right when this country was founded and and i do think the conservatives make a, a lot of errors because they don't see the the consequences of enforcing certain moral judgments on other people and things mm. like that. But I, th- I think where, uh, and, I, and I think where libertarians go wrong many times is they, um, you know, I, th- I think go a little strong on the anarchist side. And what results is they forget that you know there does have to be there is the rule of law. Our founding fathers did create the rule of law, and the and the way that we keep that from going wrong is the vigilance of the people. 
Um, there, there's How's no, that going? There is, there's never a power <laughs> that we can give to the government that cannot be corrupted. But, so but the, the answer you, is not no power. The answer is the vigilance of the people. Right, but how is that vigilance of the people thing going? Can you point it's to? Going, can you? It's not, right, it's not can going you point well, to but, one you know, decade? Anarchy, anarchy, in anarchy, the it becomes just a, it becomes a power game. You end up with Mexico. Well, that's what's going uh, on. Oh, now. Well, Mexico no, is an anarchy. That's that's ludicrous. Now, as the resident <laughs> as the resident free marketeer here on the program, I have to uh, I have to jump in on that one. A- uh, Mexico is not anarchy. Although one could make the uh, the claim that everything is anarchy, and it's just a matter of who's got all the guns, right? In this case, you could make the uh, you could make the claim that this is anarchy, and it's just that there's one big gang calling themselves the federal government ruling over everyone else. You, you do have, and I'm no, I'm no fan of, you know, I, I'm definitely a fan of smaller government and things like that. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not, uh, well, let me talk, the reason I say that about Mexico is you have the Zetas down there, which are, are you familiar with the Zetas? Uh, it, no. It means Zs. They're, they're a gang trained by the U.S. government to stop the drug lords. Okay. Oh, uh, really? You know, and this is, yeah, this is, you know, of course, you know, this is where we get smart and we go off and train, just like Osama bin Laden, we equip them and they turn on us. Yes, mm-hmm. that will happen. Same deal down in Mexico. They took over, what they did was they just took over the drug trade. They're ruthless. Nice. Um, and, I mean, there's some crazy stories coming out, like people getting fed to lions. Um, you got, you know, and you got the rape tree stories. They're all, you got the drug dealers or the drug runners. That's a serious tied in, business, tied man. In with the people, tied in with the people traffickers. Or, you know, who are not nice people. They'll take a load of they'll take a load of people. Sure. You know, try, just trying to get across the border, and they'll dump them out in the middle of the desert. And the border guards have to go in and give them water. And you, you sound know, like the kind of guy. Up. You sound like the kind of guy who understands that if we didn't have a war on drugs and we didn't have a war on immigration, none of that stuff would be happening. I, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of drugs should be like prescription drugs. I mean, I I think God put them here for a reason, and I think we should use them for a reason. And I think we I have should, to disagree with you on I, that. I, I mean. I, I think that's a step in the right direction, but I don't think we should have prescription drugs. I think that anybody should be able to go and get whatever it is they right. want to. Why should the, doc- well, why should the doctor's do union – well, before you go on, why should the doctor's union have the uh, corner the market on being able to give prescriptions? Do you think that only plumbers should be uh, – the peop- uh, members of the plumber union should be able to do plumbing in your town? Sure. It's, it's more government regulation. But, I mean, yeah, it, I, I think drugs could be well, – drugs could be solved the same way alcohol is. You don't make it illegal. You make the – when you make a very bad decision, it doesn't matter if you are on drugs or not. You make a bad decision and hurt someone else. You make the consequences of that strong enough to deter it. Well, then there's yeah, because then you the actually way. have a crime. I mean, if you actually have a victim, then you actually have a crime. I think we're on the same page right. on that. I want to jump back for a moment because you had said something that I did disagree with about about power and how you uh, you give power to someone else. How does that work exactly? Well, that, that I do have uh, um, the the power of the government when we get together. We create the police and things like that. We never give our we never give our rights over anything like that. We're, but you know, we create these agencies that we do. You know, when when a policeman gets behind you with his blue lights, out of respect for the law, as a law-abiding citizen, I stop. You know, and or, or I, you when know, he or when he stops you, he will kick the crap out of you. That's not right, respect well, for I mean, the law. No, that's fear. That's <laughs> the reason I stop is because he's he's no. a scary guy and he might hurt me. Right, but yeah, but I mean that's the same guy that you call. When there's a gun, you know, and I think if somebody comes to your house with a gun, but I mean, if somebody does come to my house with a gun, that's the same guy I call. If somebody comes in my ca- in the house I, in my house with I a gun, if someone comes into my house with my with a gun, I'm going to shoot them. Right. I, you well, I mean, but, but I mean, if you but if you shoot and miss, and he knows, you know, and he knows your face, I mean, I want somebody to. What's the cop going to do about it? They're going to be on the way with blue lights flashing. The guy will be gone before the police show up. Generally, well, I mean, we have we have we have detectives things like that. But let me let me get back to the immigration. I think that. 
really important. I think there's a few things there. Um, I'm not exactly sure about the statistics. I did get this off of a as off another talk show, but just go ahead and make them up. The percent. I'm not. Well, I mean, you guys make a check up. But the percent. When you look at the percentage of of, of our federal prisons that are full of illegal aliens, mm-hmm. and it's not for crossing the border because if they cross the border, that, that you know, crime, whatever, we ship them back. Sure. That's a civil penalty. That's a civil crime. If I'm, you know, it's not a felony. If I'm um, correct, but um, that you know, here's the thing. If if I'm a if I'm a wanted felon in Mexico, or if I'm a, if I'm a criminal in Mexico. You know, what am I going to do? I'm heading across the border. I want to come to America where I can reinvent my life, steal somebody else's Social Security number, which I don't like anyway, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's, and that is one of the reasons. That's why, that's why I think that having it completely open, as well as we, li- we do live in an age of nuclear weapons. When the Founding Fathers created this country, there were no borders. You know, there was nothing here. There was no reason to protect that. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't, dr- you couldn't drop a cannon in your pants, you know. But, I mean... <laughs> There's, we, we do live in a time of um, intense biological warfare and things like that. So I think there is a reason for a certain level of security. Now, well, bef- before we- you go on, uh, I, understand, I understand the desire for security. I'm of the opinion that the, uh, the federal government, and all governments really, but uh, the federal government has shown itself to be completely incapable of providing that security, so therefore I don't want to give that important job to them. They're the ones now, putting you us said at risk. yourself that, um, these, that these gangs are driving immigrants across the border. If they can get a truck full of immigrants across the border, why can't they get a truck full of biological weapons across the border? But that's why, that's why the vigilance of the people is so important. They don't do it. Hand, tell, me a, tell me a decade. One decade where the, right. the vigilant public that's has managed need, to roll back the government. To step up. That's where we've got to step up. Nah. It's and not going to happen. Hopefully it won't be a bloody revolution. Hopefully we can do it oh, more in the political realm. But the conservatives, you know, all talk about all oh, the illegals, and then you got the libertarians open up the borders. Well, we need to come together. I want to find and, out what you mean by that. When you say come together, more with David here in a moment and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the live Saturday edition of the show, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program for as little as three bucks a month. That money comes in, we reinvest it into the program and get us uh, get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, as well as get new internet uh, internet listeners on board, thereby, uh, thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. Get all the details, get signed up, learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the AMP only call in lines chat room forum and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Well, now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at internobs.com. We go back to David in South Carolina listening on WSC. Now, David, you called in to try to uh, to convince libertarians to work together, uh, to join up with conservatives, to, to move the country in the, the direction that you think it should move in. And I'd like to point out that libertarians are usually more than willing to work with anybody, whether they call themselves conservatives or liberals or, you know, whatever, whatever the group might Very be. Very independent-minded. Yeah, libertarians will work with socialists if, you know, if the right issue uh, pre- presents itself. If your issue is in line with the libertarians, they're going to help you. 
But as soon sure. as you go in the direction of supporting government, uh, then you're going to find the libertarians are going to go off in a different direction. Right. That's when they bail. Sure. But uh, let me. here's the reason I say that. I think I'm in this case per, fairly simply. You've got uh, today in this country, we've got, you know, fascist, you know, socialists that want to um, cut everybody down to size so that they can take the power off of themselves. You've got Democrats and Republicans that have sold out to some of those, you know, people and uh, special interests, businesses. You know all the pork barrel spending, and they're in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, and then you've got some of uh, some of the religious right people who I I mean I am a Christian and I'm you know and I believe in very high morals and standards, but I don't believe in enforcing those on other people. I believe that goes uh, that doesn't work. And you've got some of those people that are concerned. They get so wound up in enforcing their morals on other people that they even you know they go way beyond what Jesus even wanted. They fall for that lie. And all those groups are so far off. They're really ignorant of what the true issues are, and I think liber- the libertarians and who I would call the true conservatives are the people that want to preserve the founding principles of the country. You know, the Constitution, strength of the Constitution, smaller government, because it's definitely way too big. You know, when we say smaller government, we, you know, we do agree that there is some level of go- we We think that there is I'll some disagree level with you there. I, I, I say zero government. I think self-government is the only kind of government that, uh, that is necessary because I don't support uh, the advocation or the initiation or uh, the initiation of force on others to achieve my goals. I understand that there are certain things that people like you want from the government, like protection services, but protection services can be offered in the marketplace and they can be offered in a much, uh, a much greater variety and at a much lower cost and much more efficiently. So as uh, Dr. Mary Ruart said earlier on tonight's show, there's absolutely nothing that the government does that can't be done better and more efficiently in the marketplace. So I have I no use how for how government. The, how would you do the military? Well, the military would be a little bit different. <laughs> well, somebody else is going to have to go and kick a bunch of brown people's butts and take over 131 nations. Well, whatever you would want to, yeah. I mean, what would you want? I mean, what is the military doing right now I mean, to defend who do you, freedom? Who do you trust enough to give bigger guns than you have? Wait, wait a minute. I certainly don't trust the United States government. Um, who? What is the military doing now to protect freedom? Right, well, right now, um, probably doing a lot of dumb stuff and wasting a lot of money. Excellent. That's what you the know? government does. They do it very well. Can you tell me right. a war where the military has protected freedom? Uh, actually, World, uh, let World me remove War One, World War Two. Let's let's re- um, re- let's remove the uh, Pacific War. Theater. Let's the Pacific Theater of World War Two. Let's remove that one because I don't want to get into that one. It's just huge. Okay, we can go all the way back to the beginning to the War for Independence. Okay, um, now the um, War for we, Independence. That uh, wasn't the military, though. Right, that was a that was a militia, uh, you know, set up, and then Washington kicked together there, a. There were, there were, well, there was there was a, it was multiples. There was the um, uh, there, there were a lot of state militias, but there was also a you know wasn't there also the Continental Army that was formed. Correct, Washington government. Ap- right after and, a I mean, few, you know, you're you're talking about a military that can be formed that the the. the the best thing, the mil- you know, the highest level of equipment that a military at that day could have would be a warship. There's nothing bigger and more complicated than a warship, which could be, you know, a converted, um, a converted trading vessel, or many of them already even had cannons for protection and things like that. I mean, I'm ta- we're talking in an age where you have got, you know, I-, I believe that there are many people out there that are evil at heart, and that, that no matter how good, how, mu- how much I smile at them. Or not, and no matter how much I tell them I'm not a threat to them, they're going to say, I want your stuff, and I'll kill you to get Sure. Them. Yeah, I, I agree so with I you. They're that, absolutely dead. I believe that the people that want freedom have to band together, just like our founders did, and say, you know what? We want freedom. We don't want a government that wants tyranny. We do not want a government 
that will tyrannize us, and that's why they put so much effort and so much brilliance. But that's what all. But that's what all governments end up doing. Now, look, I I, I absolutely empathize with where you're coming from, David. I agree with you. There are people that do very evil things out there, which to me is the number one reason we don't need governments around, because inevitably the those evil people are going to go after those positions of power, and as uh, Lord and Acton successfully get them. Yes, and as Lord <laughs> Acton pointed out, uh, you know, power certainly corrupts. So even good people that end up with power in their hands can uh, can be corrupted in that way. So that's not a persuasive argument for government. It's in fact an argument against the concept of uh, of a coercive government. So as far as I'm concerned. In a voluntary world, which is what I want to see, I would like to see a voluntary society as opposed to a coercive society, as a, a, a voluntary model of government as opposed to an authoritarian model of government. And like so, the therefore, system? if you had wanted the court system, I'm sorry, go ahead. That you proposed, you talking about the court system of lawsuits, like you proposed, a thing like that. Uh, well, that would be that's one uh, certain certainly one option. You're talking about uh, competing justice. Uh, right. You're talking about arbit- law, just lawsuits. You're talking about arbitration, where someone actually has to right. have, there has to be a victim in order for there to be a case. Unlike all this crap that we have today in the courtrooms uh, right. with all, all the victimless so crimes. There's a, huge, there's a huge flaw in that. In the same and the same thing goes with the military, is that you t- you said that if you did something wrong to someone, you would go to court to protect your reputation. What about the guy that doesn't care about his reputation? Well, what then about his, the guy, his reputation. What about the, what, what, there's, there's, say there's no, there's no national identification. There's nothing. There's no way of tracking somebody. So this guy decides, I'm going to kill you. Take your stuff. Sell it. And poof, he's gone. And there's, you know, and by the time any of your friends decide that they're going to even get him, he's gone. You know, there's nobody there. There, there's nobody there to stop him. From, from doing that. He, he well, I think, I think first yeah, of all, David, yeah, I think people... you're underestimating the marketplace. I mean, first of all, this is a uh, society where there is a lot of identification going on, and inevitably in the marketplace, certain uh, certain businesses are going to want to know who their customers are. So identification will still be important. And also, we're in a, a world of communication now, where if you've got a protection service, if you've got insurance that you've hired to protect yourself and your family, and someone violates you, then it's that insurance company's responsibility to go and investigate that, and bring that person to justice. So certainly how there are. Bring, but how can you bring them to justice if they say screw you? Have you ever heard of bounty hunters? I mean, have you ever the heard? Bounty, ah, but a bounty hunter is someone you give authority and put a gun in their hand. No, 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 no. You, you don't understand. The, you can't. It's a person you hire. Yeah, you don't. There's no authority. Authority is a fantasy. You don't have authority. You therefore right. can't so give authority. It's a hired guy with a gun. Right. See, here's the idea. If somebody hurts you or your family then they've given up their rights at that point. And if you want to, if you're certain that you know who that person is, or if, or if, uh, or if the, the, the insurance company is certain that they've done the investigation and they know for a fact that Mark Edge, my co-host, was the one that went and attacked your, your wife, well, then they could take that risk. If Mark doesn't want to go to arbitration, they could take that risk of, uh, of essentially confiscating him and bringing him before some sort of a, a situation it, it, where they, how, how could they – they just capture him? Like, you know, like yeah. in Africa when a warring tribe goes and captures – And if they're wrong – they First of all, if, if they're right and they've the got police, the, hold, hold on. on. Before if, you go on, what do the police do when they come after you? They no, capture you. Saying, they come and they take you to a jail. It's a central location. I'm saying, where does the insurance company put you? They have I don't know. Jail? Wherever. Well, they they would probably be an um, organization there – would, there would certainly be uh, businesses that – it in uh, you know keep people in in jail to keep I mean, dangerous people out of society and if they've got a good case then it won't be a problem if they got the wrong what if, what if guy then their reputation gets ruined. David, ends up in this insurance company's jail, 
because Th- that's what I was just telling guy, you, but you talked over me. If they get the wrong guy, they have to be absolutely sure they've got the right guy because if they get the wrong guy, then their reputation is ruined, and no one's going to want to do business with a company that's uh, that's going out there just arresting any old person that they think happened to do something. So the well, burden of proof. The burden of proof is actually much higher in a marketplace situation than with the police. If the police make a mistake and they arrest the wrong person and incarcerate him for a decade, then it's just, whoops. 120 people have been released from released from death row since 1973. And that's just death row. I'm not talking about prison. Death row in America um, since 1973 when we reinstituted the death penalty. It doesn't look like we're very doing a really good job of incarcerating the right people now. David, anyway. thank you for the call tonight, sir. There are possibilities out there. The market marketplace can handle these things if you let it work, if you allow the marketplace to actually do what it does best, and that is satisfy consumer demand. Consumers obviously would demand protection services. Therefore, the marketplace would provide them as the marketplace provides everything else it does. The marketplace does a wonderful job of everything it does, except in the areas where government has taken the monopoly control. Hour three coming up, you take control. Free Talk Live. The Cynic says... I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The Believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Evacor and receive Boost just for trying Evacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, 800-259-9231. Coming up, the California gay marriage issue, but your phone calls are primary. So we continue with them. Uh, First, we go to Dan in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Howdy. Hey, Dan. What's going on? What's on your mind? How are you guys? I'm great. I'm great. Good to uh, get through to you, and uh, thank you for your show. Thanks for being that here. That was a great, a great discussion you, you had with the guy there that wanted to compromise libertarian principles. To, I wonder which, a, I wonder which um, candidate we should all get together, the, Republic, the, the, the conservatives and the libertarians, and support, according to him. I, I I'm sure that the conservatives couldn't agree on, uh, on Mary Ruart. Certainly not. <laughs> And uh, that's the problem. Mary Ruart is uh, the one of the most principled ladies uh, that I think that I've ever encountered. She's an amazing I mean, I, woman. I, you know, uh, Ron Paul was in fact that that candidate uh, that that if any you know Republican could have gone for was him. I mean, he. But the Republicans are crazy about him. Like they hate him. The, the, every Republican convention, they're running the Ron Paul people out. They're not trying to recruit them into the Republican fold. They're trying okay. to keep them the hell away. Mm. No, of course not, because mm. he wants to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Well, and he, you know, and just he generally threatens the the entire power structure, and they don't want exactly. that. 
that's you know yeah they 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 love power and that's the problem i mean but basically is that that power is the ultimate addiction and uh, and and people just can't do it. And Republicans it. are just as guilty of uh, of enjoying that uh, that power as the Democrats are. That addiction, and, and absolutely. The, the Republicans keep, just won't look at that. I keep saying there needs to be a new twelve-step program for those who lust for power. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, my my original reason for calling was the immigration issue, and uh, I you know I keep going back to you know the the Declaration of Independence and that our Creator. Whoever do you determine that is, I keep wanting to see if if that's actually capitalized in the uh, original document, but uh, you know it seems to be capitalized given that uh, the the uh, emperor of uh, of of God. But, uh, well, I'm, the, the, but uh, many of the founding fathers were deists. That was a big. Uh, that was a, oh, a, yeah, a yeah, sweeping yeah. thing. And so they would have created. Well, they would have believed in a creator. They wouldn't have necessarily believed that you should worship that creator. That that creator right, sent right. his son to die on a cross or anything like that. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and, I, and anyways, the fact is, is that 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 whoever that creator is, they created all of us. It didn't matter whether we were born inside or outside. As a matter of fact, back then a lot of them were born outside. Uh, this. Uh, Particular geographic uh, entity. I, you know, the problem the problem lies with you know the government giving away the store. You know, they steal sure. our money and then they give it away to people. And and you know, some of those people are in fact uh, illegal aliens, as they would like to call them. And and it's it's just foolish to to keep you know pointing the finger at those you know poor you know people that are just trying to, you know, go somewhere where they can make a living and feed their kids and whatever. Uh, it is to, awful, but but it makes sense because they're an easy scapegoat. You know, they they can't really defend themselves too effectively because if they stand up, then they'll be uh, they'll be snatched away and put into some sort of yeah. uh, detainment camp. Uh, and yeah. and uh, they look different and they sound a little different, and so you know the the history of governments has been to find a scapegoat. It was this, the communists a few decades ago. Now, you know, then it was the drug dealers, and now it's the well, terrorists and the immigrants. And at one time, um, this was the same sort of uh, thing about the illegal aliens. It's always, they're taking our jobs. Um, the, the same thing was said about, uh, during the industri- Industrial Revolution, about machinery. Mm. Well, yeah. the, the jobs would suddenly disappear if, right, if machines, would, machines would take it. Well. Funny, we still all have jobs, and there's a whole bunch of machines out there. Someone has to sell the, the machine. The new machine isn't going to put, a, put us out of work, nor are the illegal immigrants. Jobs will show up. There will always be jobs for people to do. Well, one time it was the Italians. The other time it was the it was the uh, the, the Irish. You yeah, know, keep them mean, off the grass. You know, and and it's it's the design. It's the design of the powers that be to create these realities and it's so plain as the nose on my face that this is what's occurring and 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 i i just don't get that people can't open their mind you know a lot of these people that that are are so you know anti immigration and i you know it, it doesn't matter whether it's legal or illegal they they don't like them either way they come here yeah, uh, yeah well because they're racists yeah, well, they're you know the what biggest. they are. They they claim to be Christians, though. You yeah, know that's I mean? the biggest. I, 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 and, and you know how Christ-like is that? I, I, Not I, so I much. Don't. 
they're they're effectively bigots. But the 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 problem is is sort of the vote because everybody you know gets a vote and about forty six percent of them will vote in this uh, you know presidential uh, election that's coming up and they'll they'll yeah. decide which uh, crap sandwich we get to have as our next president and uh, therefore I have to listen to what this crap sandwich uh, passes down as a as a law when most of these people are basing their votes on well my mommy and daddy were Democrats so I'm going to be a Democrat or I really respected Ronald Reagan so I'm going to vote Republican they don't know what the issue is they care more about Ellen DeGeneres marrying Portia de Rossi than anything else well, it goes back to the education system where people are not trained to be thinkers. Sure. They're not trained, you know. They, they, they you know, critical thinking is a, is a, you know, seeming lost art here. But uh, I, you know, the other thing is, is that you know, we we do supply these these people that come into this country don't know the English language. Don't you know when they get into the court systems when they're dealing with the governments? Oh well, we have to pay for you know Spanish interpreters for them and for you know how many other interpreters for how many other you know. Yeah, you know, I'm saying all these people, if they don't want to learn English and they don't want to, uh, uh, you know, assimilate, you know, get to get to pay for their own interpreters, then you know, I don't have any, you know, I don't have any, you know, compunction to give away the store. To well, them. well, now I think I think when the government is bringing force against someone, in like in the case of uh, you know Mexican immigrants, um, that we should. You know, probably speak. The, you know, do some effort to uh, get, get them to understand what we're saying. Well, yeah, However, we I don't think in that, a jail cell. I don't think that we need every uh, welfare form and every uh, street sign written in two languages. Sure, but I think when you're t- thinking about uh, tossing somebody away in prison, sure, even at, even the, you know, we were talking about market justice a, a few moments ago on the program. Even in a market-based system, you can't have somebody come in front of an arbitrator and not be able to communicate with the arbitrator. So certainly, uh, those those services would be provided even in a, in a market-based system. So the the issue is uh, they're, really they're, coercion. They've entered, they've entered the jurisdiction at a, at, at a handicap at their own peril, though. But there's no such thing as a jurisdiction. That's just a political yeah, fantasy. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I... I, I if, How about if, the gang's if, territory? You know, hey, if we dial back the, the, you know, the law enforcement system to deal with only, uh, you know, crimes that, are, uh, you know, involve victims, then, you know, there'll be a lot less of that, too. I would okay. agree, I would no agree with that. And um, to, to solve that problem, I can assure you that there would be not-for-profit organizations that would put uh, interpreters in place. Translator, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't think it's, it's much of an issue. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want them taking my money to, to put an interpreter in front. Sure. Well, the the issue is the taking of the money. The issue is in how they spend it or what they right. spend it on, because right, inevitably right, right. they're going to they're gonna miss most often. Maybe sometimes they'll spend it on something you like, but that's pretty rare. Um, so the issue is them just taking the money in the first place, and that's what you needs to be it. stopped. I, you know, and, and to the best of my ability, I am I'm keeping as much of it as I can. Good. More people need to do that, Dan. Thank you for the call uh, you know, tonight. Why, why, why oh, thing? whoa, yeah. Go. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, there is a, uh, a video I'd like you guys to ask. Actually, 29 videos on YouTube. Whoa. Okay. What is it? Uh, it's called uh, The Secret Rulers of the World. Oh, I've seen this. Um, it? It's it's about obelisks and uh, how the Freemasons well, are was, ruling the world from. Uh, no, from no it, it's, it, I think it's a fairly well put together. I agree. Uh, it's pretty well done. <laughs> and, and and I you know and I'm I'm I you know it it's, it seems to fit for me. That's all. So what is it going to reveal to me? I mean, we've had this discussion about new world order before, and and I'm you know I, I don't care what you want to call it. Uh, there, there there are people that are involved in it that are calling it the new world order and. and 
and I don't want what they want, and uh, and I think that they have to be identified and they have the 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 the, the efforts that they're undertaking, which involve all kind of things, uh, need to be. Uh, identified and, and uh, as, a, as a cohesive... I can identify them. They're in Washington, D.C. There are 535 well, they're, they're, of them. No, they're, they're actually, you know, some of them are, but, yeah. you know, those are the... Those, those are, are the, the primary problem. Operators. They're the primary problem. Thank you for the call, David. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. People in search of power are the problem. Whatever name they put upon themselves, I don't care. It's people that want power over my life. That's my issue. It's all more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And those features include the bulletin board system. Get interactive with our listeners. Uh, We've got over 2,000 members there, over 350,000 posts. It's a lot to talk about. Everything from serious issues to fun stuff, you'll find it all. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you are if you have a company and you have collections issues, SACL CAI does um, collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They have the best equipment money can buy. They record every call, and your, uh, your clients, the people you're collecting from there, they'll be treated with respect. You know, there's, there's no reason to go... Calling people names and saying awful things to them to collect. SACL um, collects with respect. That's SACL CAI, and you can uh, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want to talk about. Let's go to Bill in Oregon listening on KMED. Hello, Bill. Bill in Oregon. Going one? Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Bill. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, you know, I'm back on the uh, illegal immigration issue again. Uh, there is one flaw in the argument. I thought I wanted to back up here just a little bit. Is this Bill uh, Meyer, you, program director of KMED? Ma- as a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> hey, Bill. As a matter of fact, it is. All right, the flaw. At, yeah, the, well, the one thing that we're doing is that it all stems from a lack of property rights, a lack of respect for property rights. Can we say that this is pretty much where the whole thing starts? Yeah, well, we need to have true private property, and that means getting uh, getting rid of public, the whole concept of public property, which okay. out west there, well, it's mostly government-owned. I, I don't, don't think most people are ready to go there with you. Of course, like, I see where you're coming from, though. Here is what, uh, where I see the real problem is with illegal immigration, is that uh, we have a situation which is collectivist in nature, right, in which uh, we have assumed, or I shouldn't say we assume, but certainly the uh, people with lots of guns in prisons are more than happy to extract their tribute, right? Yeah, And sure. they, uh, they go through, they seize a lot of property and such. And hence, it's, uh, I, I've often said before that I don't think we would have many arguments about illegal immigration, what we call illegal immigration, if there was no social welfare state. No doubt about it. The fact that we do have a social welfare state, which is predicated on the fact that you don't really have private property, your income is not private, it is all to be uh, taxed and consumed, uh, makes open borders at this point under this situation untenable only because, heck, you're going to bankrupt the place. Well, I agree with you on that. Well, they're already bankrupt. Okay. I, I agree. I agree with you and, 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 on, and on that. And you're right. And you're right. It's absolutely bankrupt right now. It's functionally bankrupt. No one's really admitting but, it except the comptroller, of course. That, yeah, he's, he's trying his best to tell everybody. But the fact is, <laughs> I mean, it's as, it would be as difficult to get to close the borders and get effective border control going, um, just than, as it's been to stop drugs. It would, be, would be to stop drugs or stop welfare. Yeah. Agree to a certain point, but. If you, want, if you wish open borders, if you wish that free travel, 
you have to dismantle the collectivist social welfare system first. I don't think you can have both as it is right now. But well, the, I don't think you're going to. I don't think we're not going to get people. either. Do you understand? So we might as well talk agree, about but liberty. You're cert- but you're certainly not going to get open border uh, support with a social welfare system as we have right now. Here in the Medford area, we already have, uh, well, frankly, thousands of people being educated who are uh, offspring of illegal aliens, if you want to call it that, uh, whatever your uh, descriptive term is of it. And we are now getting to the point where, frankly, we got you know, 8, 9, 10, 12% of these folks that really aren't paying enough taxes given commensurate with the, uh, the wages and other services that are being consumed. That we do know around here. I'm not saying that uh, the way the situation is right now is, is ideal. And I'm not saying that, uh, that sealing the border is going to cure everything, but you can't have open social welfare and open borders at the same time. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that much. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that, though I think that I agree with what Mark says, and that is that uh, not, neither of those, as far as the federal government is concerned, is going to happen anytime soon. Number one, they're not going to be able to seal the border. They haven't stopped drugs. They're not going to stop immigrants because you know the black market is in control, and there will always be border guards paid off. There will be tunnels built. There will be flyovers. There will be whatever it is that you know needs okay. to be done. So All that's right, not going to happen, and welfare is okay, not going to go Way either. All so, right, let me concede your point there, right? Okay, so uh, at this point, uh, where do we go? I civil mean, disobedience, uh, non-cooperation. That's the only answer okay. to this situation because the political system we've seen. I mean, we had Dr. Mary Ruart on for the first hour of the program tonight. I'm and for secession instead. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we've seen that over 30 years of the Libertarian Party getting out there and pounding and pounding and trying their best to to make a change and make it even a dent in the political system. Nothing has happened, and uh, you know, nothing new is going to change this this election season, nor probably in 2012. So. If what we had was a, a lot of people who just, they've been fed up with the system, whether it's local, state, or federal, and just decide to stop paying into it, then everything changes. Yeah, you'd have to get to the point, then on everybody, when you figured that, well, they can't throw everybody in jail, right? Yeah, that yeah exactly. The point where you're going. Now, back to Mary, nice try, except uh, the kitty porn thing, I'm sorry, you can't go, can't follow her with that. Oh, well, all right, all right, all right, now we're going to get into it, Bill. So what, okay. no, what 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 set, is your objection? Her position, set, set the, set right? Position. Her Mary Ruart, the uh, one of the presidential candidate or one of the candidates for the Libertarian Party presidential nomination. She, there was a, a bit of a dust up, a bit of a brouhaha recently over her position on child pornography and other, uh, you know, other consensual crimes. And her position is that it's abhorrent, it's disgusting, it's awful, it's terrible. She would never want her grandchildren involved in something like that. That we agree on, okay? We all agree there. But she also thinks that uh, other people have different value sets, and uh, as long as you don't have a victim, then you don't have a crime. If somebody is not complaining about what has happened to them, then there is no crime. So if you've got somebody who's been forced into sex... And they talk about that, and they want to make take some action. Then, yeah, you've got an issue. But if they haven't been forced, if it's been consensual, then there is no role whatsoever for for any sort of enforcement. Okay, here's the problem, as I see it, Ian, is that uh, to have a legal binding proper contract, everybody has to have uh, equal power within the situation, the ability to withdraw, and uh, a child in many cases does not have that standing. Also, does not necessarily have the proper emotional maturity. It's like, you know, the, the child abuse victim, if you want to call it that, 
uh, you know, well, I, this is my dad doing this to me, or whatever the case might be. I, of course he loves me. So it's not really an equal contract. You but that's your here? viewpoint. And, and other people have different viewpoints, like the people in the, uh, the FLDS cult in uh, Texas. Most people don't necessarily agree with the way they're living their lives, but mm-hmm. in their perspective, from their world, that's exactly what they want for themselves. And if we really want liberty, Bill, and I know that's what you want, if we want liberty, we have to allow people to make decisions that we wouldn't necessarily make for ourselves and our families. Okay, well, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with now, you. Bill, I agree, now, but I have some questions. I agree with you. Sure. I think my partner's nuts on this particular one. Um, I think <laughs> that if you've got real live kitty porn where uh, you know, you've got a seven-year-old getting uh, you know something terrible done to them with a uh, two-cycle yep. uh, strap-on, like that person needs to go to jail for having that piece of, that, that piece of porn. My question to Do you yourself. is this. Um, what happens if it's a picture of a 17-year-old girl taken by her 17-year-old boyfriend? Does he need to go to prison? Does he need to go to prison? Right. No. What if I have the picture that he took of her? Uh Uh-oh. He gave it to me. Boy, see, now we're getting to that gray area. (laughs) That gray area is huge with child porn. What if I am an artist, a comic book artist, and I draw pictures of young girls in little outfits doing pornographic things? Well, in my perfect free market world, that person would be run out of town, but... That's in my world. Social ostracism <laughs> is the way to go, Bill. You, you do you understand that, that uh, child porn is a is, is a mire. It is a black hole that will uh, suck you in in the, in the libertarian <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I agree. Hey, thanks, guys. I know you got other folks to get to. Thanks, i got to get back to work, too. But Always anyway. fun, sir. Good to know you're working on a Saturday night. Thanks, man. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bill hosts the, uh, the morning show over on KMED, our affiliate in Medford. He has that kind of morning show guy voice. Yep. You take control. Bring up anything more on the way this is free talk live gay marriage what about that issue with your help we can spread the message of liberty around the world consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com if you can't afford it keep enjoying us for free if you can spare the three visit amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. It is the live Saturday edition, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners. We mentioned we've got a brand-new Shriner. Allison is up there. You can see her at Shrine. .freetalklive.com, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. That again, shrine.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Vince is on the line in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Vince. Hello, Mark and Ian. How are you doing this evening? Good, sir. Just super, Vince. What's on your mind tonight? Well, listen, I got this uh, little article here in the Indianapolis Star. It talks about a conspiracy charge of filing a MySpace suicide case. So the Missouri woman was indicted Thursday for her alleged role in a hoax in an online social network called MySpace. Yeah, we talked about this in ex- quite detail, uh, quite great detail, last night on the program. You can grab that archive at freetalklive.com, and it's just outrageous because it's opening up if this case is successful for the federal government, and this woman does get in trouble for uh, for sending a, a private message over MySpace that allegedly led a 13-year-old girl to take her own life by hanging then that is going to open up a whole new world of uh, possible prosecutions for people trying to uh, pretend like there's someone else on the Internet. It's quite frightening what this, this case entails. How did you feel about it, Vince? Well, I, I feel like, you know, 
this woman didn't commit the crime, and this girl committed suicide on her own. You know, where were the the girl's parents? And number two, how can this woman be held accountable for the little girl committing suicide when I think the entire facts of the case were this girl and her daughter, this lady's daughter, were somehow, you know, intertwined, they start spreading rumors about each other. They were on, yeah. uh, they created a fake account, they created a, uh, a MySpace account that was allegedly a 16-year-old boy, he didn't really exist, but yeah, it was the girl, uh, it was her daughter, the woman and her daughter and another friend that were um, sort of maintaining the account, and they were sending messages back and forth between this 13-year-old girl and mm-hmm. the fake account, and, you know, they tried to trick her into thinking that this handsome young man was actually interested in her, and then he was very rude to her, and then it was uh, allegedly shortly after that, after he uh, supposedly broke up with her, of course, they'd never actually met in person because he doesn't exist. But after he online cyber broke up with her, she allegedly then took her own life. Now, the story we read uh, last night pointed out that this 13-year-old girl had had depression problems well, since she's she gotta was have, seven. I mean, she's got to have mental problems to kill herself yeah. over a, a boy that she'd never met. Absolutely. And so the suggestion in this case, this woman's being charged with federal crimes... Uh, the, the suggestion is that you're no longer responsible for your own actions. If you're all upset and you go and kill yourself and someone sent you a nasty email beforehand, the person that sent you a nasty email is going to get charged with federal crimes if this case goes through. I mean, this is a very disturbing case that could have yeah. serious anti-free speech ramifications. Oh, yeah. And, and here the other thing is the lawmakers in Missouri responding to the suicide of this Missouri teenager who's teased over the Internet is what it says here. State lawmakers gave final approval to a bill making cyber harassment illegal. Oh, so they are moving. The state government is moving. What's to... the punishment? Well, it says here the bill updates the state laws against harassment to keep pace with technology by removing the requirement that the communications be written or over the telephone. Supporters say the bill now will cover from computers, text messages, and other electronic but, devices. So is it a misdemeanor? Yeah, I don't feel this uh, This would apply because the girl was willingly engaging in the conversation with the imaginary boy. Yeah, but if you're hurting someone's feelings, Mark, now it's That's a crime. Not, but it's not harassment. In America, if you hurt someone's harassment feelings... Harassment is bothering somebody yeah. who doesn't want to be bothered. That's a good That's point. A, but hey, what do they care about? What your definitions are? No, they, they, they don't Mark. care what our definitions are. Vince, good call. Just, hey, I got something for yeah. you, the, the previous couple callers. Yes, sir. You know, we're talking about illegal immigration and da 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 and all that. I wanted to throw in, you know, what these two people were not talking about is which laws do you want to enforce and which ones do you don't want to enforce. You know, I could give hundreds of examples, you know, where people can't get laws enforced. Because, you know, they sign up for whatever, you know. Oh, sure, yeah. Type. Well, everybody's got their favorite laws, right? And everybody's got laws sure. that they break. I love it when people call in or, or in, in person, they'll say things like, well, I'm a law-abiding citizen. Oh, yeah? Well, did you speed yesterday? Thanks for the call, Vince. We appreciate it, man. Yeah. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. In fact, I was listening to a local show here in Keene, New Hampshire this morning. Um called Talkback, and basically it's like a Politico show where it's hosted by city councilors and all the political junkies in town usually call in. And uh, so, you know, normally I call in to throw in some sort of ideological bomb of some sort and really stir things up. I didn't get to call this morning, but apparently at some point they had announced that I was going to be on the next show because I'm going to be on as a guest co-host on the next program next weekend. And, uh, Someone called in about that, some grumpy old politico, just this gruff old guy that always calls in and, uh, you know, he, he just hates freedom, apparently. 
he called in to, uh, to, you know, to basically trash on me for being a lawbreaker and a miscreant and was just, he said he was going to boycott the show next week because they're giving us attention and we shouldn't be given any attention because we're doing all these awful things and, you know, society is crumbling and blah, 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 blah. And he's such a law abiding citizen. And, you know, Nobody's a law-abiding citizen. It's right, a fantasy you the, tell yourself about. Even if, even if you do follow all the laws you know, there's no way you could read all the laws that there are. Even the cops admit they don't know all the laws. How could anybody know what the laws are? The, the fact is we just have way too many laws. We should have, uh, you know, j- just very few laws at all for people to follow, and th- they should be that simple. Well, and they should all include uh, someone being harmed, right, that's a what, victim. That, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one law. And, and I'm a law-abiding citizen. I abide by natural law, and that law is do no harm. I don't harm anybody else, and I don't destroy their property. Therefore, I am law-abiding. And so if that's what you want to claim, if you're law-abiding in that way, then I'd agree with you. But if you want to claim that you obey statutes or you obey regulations, that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Let's continue with your calls. Let's talk to Eric listening in Charleston, West Virginia on WVTS. Hello, Eric. Hello, Charleston, South Carolina. Sorry about that. Oh, my apologies. I didn't get that detail. I'll just say that I just want to say my first time catching your show. I was flipping through and picked you up. You're shocked. Uh, Yeah, I love it so far. Uh, I'm not a Democrat, Republican, or any of that. Me neither. I I would rather not be an American citizen, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah. uh, One of our biggest problems is organized religion. Hmm. Uh, When you get that involved in it, and they start putting all these opinions on everything about their personal viewpoint, that starts messing it up. Well, the problem well, is when the organized religious I, people try to use the power of government to enforce their opinion on your life. I That's think it's, the big problem. I think it's more of a problem of uh, organizations than anything. What about the uh, the eco uh, people out there that want to make sure that you have, uh, you know, y- your carbon, you, you pay your little carbon tax and all that other stuff? What well, about those you know ones? know what oil is. That's just Republican crap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we're back when we invaded, uh, well, how was Iraq. When they had when they opened up the, the, the uh, presidential election, they had what 50 people running. Bush and everybody said it's the greatest thing. But as soon as a third party candidate comes into this country, they flip out. Yeah, they do yeah. everything that they can to eliminate that. We're, the biggest thing was with Ross Perot, and they realized, oh, shit, we're about to get... Oh, no, we, we have to let you go on that, my friend. I'm sorry. Call us again some other time. We have, like, a zero... I mean, we're pretty tolerant guys normally because we're libertarians, but... Uh, yeah, the FCC gotta, is not. we got a zero tolerance Before uh, you go on, for please policy. explain what the, the thing about the American citizen, because I hate the yeah. idea that you just said just that. Just throw that just, bomb out there? Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> well, okay. The definition of citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance to a government in return for an obligation of protection. Go look it up. That's what a citizen is. And go ahead and look up some court cases from the Supreme Court. There was one last year, as a matter of fact, that uh, they've ruled time and time again that the government at state, local, and federal levels, all governments in America have no obligation whatsoever to provide you with any services, even the most elementary, rudimentary, basic protection services. So even though the police car says to protect and serve, it doesn't mean you. So So therefore, if there is no obligation on their part to protect you, then... You couldn't possibly be obligated. Right. So there, and in fact, none of us are citizens to have allegiance. We are subjects. Subject I'm not a subject. Is, is simply a person that is obligated to have allegiance. And I don't have there that is no duty of protection when it comes to. I, I don't have. I'm not a subject, nor am I a citizen. I would prefer to be, and I am a sovereign individual. That's what I want. I want to be a free man. Don't you? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one or free woman.
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, and this is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can still take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program, then we ask that you shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter that link. Free Talk Live will get a cut. We get a percentage of your purchase. 41 categories to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And it all, it all helps Free Talk Live. You get the stuff you need. Free Talk Live gets a percentage. What could be better? Amazon.freetalklive.com. Now, this is the program. You can call in about anything. And normally we bring stuff in that we want to talk about. But, of course, your calls are primary. So if there's ever anything that you hear us mention that you absolutely want us to get to, the only way to guarantee that we'll ever get to it is by calling in. And it looks like that's what Richard in Canada is doing. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. Actually, I thought uh, just a little while ago you were asking about gay marriage. That's what I'm calling in about. You said something right before the commercial uh, break, uh, something about, hey, what do you think about gay marriage? Isn't that right? Well, we we were going to discuss the issue from the uh, because California has gone ahead and apparently legalized it. Uh, so we were going to jump into it, but how do you feel about it? Go ahead. Exactly, and that's what I was thinking, what you guys were going on about. And uh, we've had uh, this gay marriage thing legal in Canada for a while now, I think maybe a few years now. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, uh, I know a few gay people. I have never heard of any of them any of them getting married, you know? I can't see why you'd want to. I don't understand why anyone wants to get a government marriage license. Mar- marriage is largely for the rearing of children um, in, anymore. That's the, uh, that, that's the role that it uh, plays in society. So, well, gay people bring up kids. They, they, they do. adopt. In, in that case, they should consider marriage. Well, now, I don't think that anyone should ever consider getting a government marriage license because then what you're doing is you're going into an agreement. You're entering into a three-party agreement. You're not going to get a kid without being married. It's just not very likely. Okay. Well, then that's unfortunate. Well, there there you go, grumbling about, uh, you know, uh, kids and, you know, getting government you're marriage You're telling me a wealthy single person cannot adopt a kid it's, it's, in America? I, I, I'll bet you they have a more difficult time. Well, if it's impossible, then that's one thing. But if it's doable and, and just difficult, then I would still say don't get a marriage license because you're entering into a three-way agreement. You, the person you're marrying, and the government. And why would anyone want the government involved in their love life? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's, why, it's in my opinion, one of the reasons why marriages are, uh, are so unsuccessful because government puts all these laws in place that uh, give certain people incentives to divorce, which is also another government uh, oriented process. So I understand where where uh, gay people are coming from when they want the same rights that other people have. Of course, marriage licenses aren't rights. They're a government piece of paper that government gives out, but that's a, that's a whole other issue. So I understand that if government is going to be do, doing something, and that is handing out these pieces of paper, then yes, they should hand them out to gay couples as well. That makes sense. So I'm with them on that, but I still don't understand why anyone would want to get a government marriage license but, in the first place. But you place. would agree that uh, the, the person want, who wants to d- not hire somebody because they're uh, you know, gay in a, in a partnership and don't want to provide uh, uh, benefits to the partner in the same way that they would provide benefits to a, uh, you know, a, a heterosexual couple, you would agree that they shouldn't have to hire that person. I absolutely support discrimination. I think that a business owner should be able to discriminate based on whatever he wants to. If a gay business owner only wants to hire gay men, that's what he should be able to do. If a, uh, you know, a, a racist 
racist, only wants to hire people of uh, the same skin color, then that should be his business. And I think the marketplace will decide whether or not those individuals who are discriminatory will be uh, rewarded or punished for their efforts. Richard, your thoughts? But Yeah, but for the most part, I think that a, a lot of this whole gay marriage thing is is – is a very a part of the uh, the the drama that is involved in the gay movement. Mm-hmm. It's all about a circus, really, because when you when you look at it, and when you see that not many of these gays are getting married, like for here in Canada, we've had it for a few years now, where these people they they just decide not to get married, and they fight and they fight and they fight to get married, but then they don't get married. And so that what you see is they get uh, an opportunity to go on the television screen in a ridiculous scenario where they, they find somebody to marry them officially. Well, and, like, I don't you know got if you're being guy, fair. You I mean, the you're girl, lumping you, them. You've got the other guy, and he's wearing like a like, – and they're usually – Well, uh, Richard, hold on a second, man. You're lumping all gay people into the same group. Man. You're lumping – Richard, you're, uh, you're lumping gay people all into the same and then one of them decides to wear like a fine uh, wedding dress. Who cares you know, what they wear, white. dude? It's their business. Who cares? Why do <laughs> you care? The problem is, is that is that the media uh, presents this image to everybody. So stop watching. And then, and then they and then and, and it just it just upsets people. Uh, and for I'm not no upset at all because in the end they don't Are want you upset? to get married in the first place. Are you upset, Richard? Am I upset over a gay marriage? You said something upsets people the way they have uh, gay people on television. Does, does that upset you? It, to me, it is a circus. It is. It's a. It's almost like a joke. I it concur is a with him on this. Maneuver. I think it religious people are a joke. With marriage. It I, has nothing to do with marriage. It is just. It's just to see what people or special interest groups can can get away with how where, where but we they give them the stage i agree with you they act like mind. a bunch of nuts i totally agree with you that they act like a bunch of nuts out there but uh, some of them do thank you well the ones that get on camera that would be that they okay. were referring to and that would be if the, you don't like pronouns then just that just would stop be it. well now, that look, would be a percentage, of percentage. Here, it's it's the people on television that's the they were referring to right. we're not calling every gay person out there thank you some cross-dressing fag because they don't represent saying, all gay people look, that's all he's saying is that the people that get on television are um, causing so don't a watch circus. It. Don't watch it. But so? we give them the stage. Who's, who's, who's we? We, the people that support the laws that, uh, you know, make it so that they can't be treated equally. And in the midst of this circus, if in Canada, if you complain about it, I can get in very serious trouble. Somebody oh. can... Uh, Find That's out just who wrong. I am and then send me to what's called the Human Rights Commission in Canada and say, oh, these guys are making fun of those those two gay guys on TV. And one guy was in a dress and they were kissing each other and talking about marriage and all this. And we're going to send them to the Human Rights Commission and they are going to get in serious trouble. Well, yeah, I'm sorry to hear fine. that about Canada. I understand you guys don't have uh, the same level of freedom of speech as we do here in America, but if it makes you feel any better, America's going in that same direction. Thanks for the call tonight, Richard. 800-259-9231 is the Sekel CAI toll-free line, which is what we were talking about earlier with the, the, the MySpace case. You know, freedom of speech is definitely under attack here in america look if you don't like what you see on television and i understand what he's saying you know there are certain there's a certain section a certain segment of the gay population that is very flamboyant 
very in your face about it. And sometimes they, that's entertaining. Oh, oh hell yeah. They go out, they do parades and they wear next to nothing. And I've been to Pride Fest uh, down in down in Florida where we came from. I would go every year to do uh, pro freedom outreach. And boy, was that one of the best what was that one of the best times? I mean, those people know how to party. There's no doubt about that. I'm glad that. to hear that. I'm really glad Did to hear you. Did you ever go? Enjoy your, no, I never, you went, never to went to Pride, Pride Fest, Fest with you. You would have fit right in, Mark. We'd have gotten you in a wig up on stage. You sung some share songs and maybe a little Madonna, something like that. I do really love <laughs> Bette Midler. <laughs> Bette Midler, huh? Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. Okay. I, I wouldn't have known any of the... Although the Rose is good, too. Yeah. So, uh, so, look, if you don't like what you're seeing, turn it off, okay? And, you know, what's the big deal? So somebody wants to wear a dress. So somebody wants to wear something revealing. So somebody wants to talk with a lisp. So whatever. Who cares? It's their choice, I their life. A, I think there's a spectacle. I think that people uh, can, you know, in, in their, you know, that they can, uh, they are rightly and justifiably in their own minds, if they feel like it, offended. That's fine. Sure. And, and it, isn't we, it possible they want a reaction? Isn't that that's possible? What, that's the point that I'm trying to make. We're yeah. giving them the stage for them there to be a spectacle. If gays uh, could have gotten married, you know, without any problem, there wouldn't be the opportunity for a spectacle. Yeah, I, there wouldn't a be a point. news story sitting here in front of me about Portia de Rossi and Ellen DeGeneres getting married because they'd have been married and nobody would care. That's how it should be. I mean, what the, that uh, what's the fat, Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, uh, she's got she's adopted all kinds of kids and she's taking fine care of them. I'm sure she's doing a fine job with them. But what's the big deal? I don't get it. They're just people. They're people with preferences. It's not a preference I'm interested in, but so. So people should be free to make their own choices, and if they want to choose to get into some government contract with one another, then okay, have a blast. Now you can have a divorce, too. Whoopie-doo. If I was going to get married, it would just simply be an agreement between me and the person I love, whether that person be there a are female times, or a male. I understand what you're saying, and I concur with you largely, but there are times when um, not being married is a problem. For instance, my wife and I are kind of looking at uh, adopting foster kids because mm-hmm. I want to get them out of the clutches of the government. Mm. Because I think that that's but then you have to obey, right? A Don't... terrible, terrible. Yes, you do. But what's what's uh, wor- what's worse? Letting some kid languish there in a foster care or a, a orphanage or letting some bureaucrat come through my house and take a look at my windows and stuff. Yeah, as long as you're willing to, you know, the privacy invasion and all that. But if I wasn't married by law, then they, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to help those people. I see where you're coming from. At least you're making the conscious choice and you understand what the consequences are. Most people don't understand they that a marriage license... The only real marriage is a marriage by the government, and I disagree entirely. And they, and they don't understand that they're actually entering into an agreement with the government. Anyway, we're out of time. We'll see you Monday night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 